Welcome to the Montgomery Community Church Podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope this message encourages you and inspires you to grow deeper in your faith. If you'd like to learn more about MCC, you can visit our website at mcc.church. Good morning again, MCC. So glad to see you and your wonderful faces here in uh, our worship space and those that are over in the chapel. Hey guys, how's it going? And those online, listen, something really amazing happened during our 930 service and we had someone attending virtually from Belize, South, I'm sorry, yeah, Belize, Central America. Give it up for how far MCC is reaching. So thankful for, for Pastor Phil for allowing me this opportunity to stand in this space um, and uh, to see his smiling face even right now in this service today. Um, we're excited to continue in Rooted, right? And, and my, my hope is, is that um, everything that you've been learning up until this point, uh, you've been enjoying, but moreover that you've been applying it to your life. That's, that's my hope. My hope is that uh, you've been applying it, that, that, that you have a better understanding about who God is, a better understanding about how he speaks to us, and a better understanding about where we find him in the midst of our sufferings, right? Now, the Bible teaches us this. The Bible teaches us this principle. It says, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. The Bible does not say that faith came by having heard. No, because if you had heard the word preached just one time, then that would have been sufficient enough just one time Rob, would have been sufficient enough for you to experience the fullness of your salvation. But no, the Bible said faith cometh by hearing, I-N-G, Lauren. That's continuously hearing the word of God. So for uh, the efforts of me to increase your faith today, listen now for your hearing. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. The King James Version says it this way, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. One more. The New Living Translation says it like this. It says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies right? But against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, hang on to that, against mighty powers in this dark world, against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So today, just for a little while, I want to talk to you about a subject that may be a little tense, sometimes can be a little taboo because it's easy not to talk about it. But it's absolutely a subject we have to discuss in today's world. That subject is there is an enemy. I'm going to talk a little bit about spiritual warfare today. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give, you, give, you, give you a disclaimer. As we jump into this message, right? If, if I say something that you seem to struggle with or you're trying to still figure that out in your life right now, if you can't say amen, just say ouch. If you're too ashamed to say ouch, just smile and look straight ahead and no one will have a clue I'm talking about you, Right? So I shared multiple versions of our text that we're going to walk through today just for the purpose of giving additional clarity to everyone that's in the room listening to me today or viewing online. See, they gave slightly different perspectives, but they all were very clear of the following, that we're not in a battle against flesh and blood. 
okay, but against spiritual forces of evil, against spiritual wickedness, and against evil spirits. So as we walk through this scene, as we walk through this picture that the Apostle Paul is painting for us today, he's revealing to us that we are in spiritual warfare, okay? But he's also warning us of the devil's schemes. And like the Apostle Paul revealed to us there, I want to illuminate some things for you today about some of the basic truths surrounding spiritual warfare. See, the scripture teaches us this. It teaches us that the world is under the rule of Satan, that he is the absolute enemy of God, the enemy of God's creation, and the enemy of God's people. He's the ultimate deceiver. Uh-huh. Remember, he deceived angels in heaven. <laughs> and now he hides in the way we see the world, in the way, the way we see the, the world through, through, through uh, assumptions and, and judgmental positions and postures and, and, and through this worldly value system that we have, geez. That's how, that's how, that's how he hides and, and he, he moves in the shadows, right? Uh, he hides through in through our political system because whatever side you're standing on or even if you're independent, they all declare that they are the Christian party. If you can't say amen. See, I gave you disclaimers earlier, right? Remember? And he even hides throughout our religious systems, right? Because he's trying to make sure that we stay divisive. He wants us to, to, to say we're the church and, 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 and say all the right things, but not actually live out what we say. The God, small g, of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Pastor Kerry Nawal says it this way. He says, the greatest mistake I believe you can make with evil is to overestimate it or underestimate its influence. It doesn't have ultimate power, but it also isn't powerless. See, evil is active. And a key to overcoming this activity and this influence of evil in this life we live, in this world we live in today, is first, we must recognize it. Far too often, people don't want to say the devil is the devil. Far too often, when we see uh, evil spiritual influence or activities, it's easy just to say, oh, that's just something else. We'll name it something because it's easy to just ignore what it really is, right? But then once we recognize it, then we expose it to the light of Christ. See, see, darkness and light can't dwell in the same place, even perhaps right now in this room. In fact, under your pew, there's a shadow. Why? Because the darkness is fleeing the light because they can't dwell in the same place. Now, let's look at some of these basic truths about spiritual warfare. One, the first thing I want to jump into with you is there is an invisible world and an invisible war. Uh-huh. See, when the servant of man, the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh, no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked, and Elijah prayed. We could stop right there. <laughs> see, see, sometimes when you go to those that are in leadership, they ought to have an answer or they ought to know what posture you need to take to get the answers that you need. So, so the servant runs in and says, oh, no, what shall we do? Elijah prayed. 
opened his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elijah. What am I saying? I'm glad you asked. You know, I like good questions. So listen, here's what happened. The servant asked the question, but Elisha already had the answer, which means Elisha could see the horses and chariots of fire, even though the servant could not. And his demeanor was to pray first. He simply prayed. He said, Lord, open this boy's eyes so he can see what I see and he can stop asking me questions. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing. But he prayed. He prayed that his eyes would be open. Why? Because he understood that in, in, in order for him to really receive the victory, he had to see what Elisha saw. So understand that when you connect to your leaders and you connect to people that, that you give place in your life, that they ought to be able to have answers for you or at least be able to give you the instructions to get where you're trying to get. If they can't, then I suggest you unhitch your wagon. Mm-hmm. Can you say amen? It's okay, say ouch. See, Elisha could already see it. The chariots were already there. Likewise, likewise, right now, even angels are watching. They're watching over us as believers right now because our enemy is always lurking. He's always looking to do something, but God has dispatched angels to be in protection and in defense of those who believe. Another thing I want to share with you is that our foe, the devil, is formidable. But we must not fear him. We must not fear him. See, God and Satan are not on equal footing. He is not the counterpart of God. He's not the equal to God, right? He's not. But we have to acknowledge that he is real. See, it's, 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 it's sad when you'd rather simply say, oh, no, the devil's not real because it's easy because it relieves you of the responsibility. So you think of dealing with him. On his grounds. Make no mistake about it, the Bible is not ambiguous about his existence. He's there in Genesis 3 and 1 when he tempts Eve. Mm -hmm. He's there in 1 Chronicles 21 and 1 when David, for whatever reason, conducts the senseless census that he does. Absolutely faithless, but he does it. Enemies there then. He's there in Matthew 4 and 1 through 11. No, I'm not going to read all 11. But he's there, he's there in 4, 4, 1 through 11 when he tempts Jesus and tries to get him to turn stones to bread. And then he even tries to get Jesus, the son of God, to worship him. The nerve, right? But that's what he tried because he deceives himself too. <laughs> and he's there in Revelations 12 and 9 when we see that he and his rebel angels get the boot out of heaven. Mm -hmm. The great dragon was hurled down. That ancient serpent called the devil or Satan who leads the whole world astray has, was, he was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. Mm -hmm. See, about, nearly about 25% of Jesus' ministry, his actions, his parables, and the miracles that he performed had to do with the devil or with demons. It's a small part, but a part nonetheless. Charles Bartier says this. He says, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. I'll read that again. It says, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Now, while I'm very much so aware that Baldier is a controversial figure, to say the least, let me show you a trick of the enemy. A very common trick of the enemy is this. He wants to make believers think that even a controversial person, Taylor, or a figure can't possess anything of substance 
that can benefit our spiritual perspective. Mm -hmm. But know this, acknowledging and or even understanding a person's perspective, even their beliefs, does not mean we subscribe to their theology. Listen, my grandfather taught me this when I was a young boy. He said, you can learn a lot from a fool, even if it's only how big of a fool he is. Okay, I thought that, was, thought that would help somebody. Okay, and that brings me to this reality. It brings me to this reality. See, see we need to know how the enemy operates. Mm-hmm. See, he counts on us uh, uh, not relying on God. He counts on us being dismissive. Meredith, he counts on us even denying his existence altogether if that's what suits the particular situation. Mm -hmm. And he really loves this. He really loves when believers become so consumed with their own intellectual revelations on God that they become dismissive and they, they don't speak with people or they feel like, I figured God out. You ever heard talk to people like that? They figured out God. They got all the answers, but they don't know all the questions, Right? He makes suggestions and hope that we'll bite. He makes suggestions and hope he can get us to fall to sin. But don't miss this. If you missed it, those last four things I just said, everything requires an action from us. Why? Because the enemy cannot make us do anything. So he relies on us taking an action or falling uh, 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 prey to something that he suggests to us. But until we take action, he's still powerless to maneuver in our lives, which leads me to this reality. Now, hang on, everybody sitting down. The greatest struggle often comes from the evil within. I want to say it again so you don't think I, was, I misspoke. Oftentimes, the greatest struggle comes from the evil within. Yes, I said the greatest evil is often from the enemy within. No, the devil does not live with inside of you doesn't live within you. He doesn't live inside you. I want to be really clear on that. But the son, Jesus does live inside of the believer. And who is the sworn enemy of the son? But the enemy, right? So he only has a choice but to try and get us to choose wrong. So stay focused. Stay with me. I got a few seconds and I'm going to make it really, really clear about where this evil within resides. Paul teaches us this. He says, so I find this law at work. Although I want to do good. Evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, this is Paul, I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in me, mm -hmm. waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. Mm -hmm. See, the apostle Paul is talking about the struggle between knowing to do the right thing and wanting to do the right thing and actually doing the right thing. There's this tug of war, Miss Alex, where, where he's seeking to be spiritually correct, but then the world is pulling to him and his flesh is saying, but no, I want to do this, but no, God says I should do this. And he's talking about that. But the beauty in all of this is that the power is in your choice mm -hmm. because the devil can't make us do anything. So it's up to you. Say to yourself, it's up to me to submit to the very Lord that has already won the battle for me. It's a fixed fight. So we must always confront the enemy of the sun within and this struggle that Paul was talking about because it's the only way the enemy can start to gain footing, right? 
and, and get this, the enemy can only win if we stop believing and if we stop fighting and then we choose wrong. Again, those are all three choices. We have to stop fighting and we have to stop believing and then we have to choose wrong, but only then can the enemy make his way in. See, when he presents us with things and we may fall short at times and, and, and those things seem to turn our lives upside down, God's spirit fights with us. Uh-huh. He, he fights with us. When, 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 when we feel attacked on all fronts, when our children make life choices that they don't understand will damage them in the future, we struggle. When, when our political leaders say one thing and do another, when our religious leaders say another thing and one thing and do another, when the enemy reminds us of our failures over and over and over again and we feel bombarded and all the time we seem like this is happening at one time, it's like, oh God, how can I get out of this? When you start to struggle that way, remember that that's when God fortifies the believer. Mm -hmm. And when we can no longer fight, when we can't do it, when you can't get the hands up to fight and you just, you just cry and pray, you just cry and pray, Jim, then you know what? Then, then, then God will fight for you. Mm-hmm. He, he, God fortifies us. But we can never stop believing. Uh-huh. We can never stop fighting. We can never stop standing on his word. We can never stop resisting the enemy. We have to do our part. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Yes, Satan has power, but it's nothing compared to the omnipotence of our God. In fact, Revelations 19 and 19 and 20 says this, Then I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to wage war against the rider on the horse and his army. That phrase alone would be enough for a series on eschatology and the end times, but we don't have time for that today. So, so just stay with me. And verse 20 says this, it says, But the beast was captured, thank you God, and with it, the false prophet who had performed the signs on its behalf. With these signs, he had deluded those who had received the mark of the beast and worshipped its image. The two of them were thrown alive into the fiery, burning sulfur. We win. That's what that says. It says we win. And I'll give you a little hint. It's newsflash. The enemy knows his fate. He knows he loses. He knows he's a defeated foe. But guess what? All he has is time to try and figure out how to make us choose to switch sides, Jim. But he's, it's still our choice. He has to try to make it be something that we, he would want to delude us and, and fool us into thinking that it'd be better on his side than God's side. I say not so. He loses the war. And he wants us to fall to sin because then he, create, he can create some things that, are, that are, are, are stronger than us, but not stronger than God. That are out of our control, but not outside of God's control. Those things are called strongholds. Mm -hmm. And when the demonic forces of strongholds show up in the verge of depression or, 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 or bipolar disorder and other things, because God doesn't make mistakes. I tell you that when, 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 when demonic activity happens, we have to recognize who sent them <laughs> and recognize who has defeated them already. And too often we only see what's in front of us, but we forget that God is always working for us. But even when those strongholds come, even when we are faced with spiritual evils and wickedness and things like that, guess what? We still win. Uh-huh. We still win. Because we don't fight this war with weapons from this world. 
We fight this war with spiritual weapons, weapons that are, have, have divine power that are given to us by the Father that demolishes and destroys and blows up strongholds. Somebody should have got excited right there because that's the blueprint. That's our cheat sheet, if you will, because the reality is that no matter what side you stand on, that God is our God and he works on our behalf to bring us victory when it looks like we're going to have defeat. Just hold on. Just hold on. Don't stop fighting. Don't stop believing. And don't stop resisting the enemy. But Ryan, be mindful that the enemy is an opportunist. Mm -hmm. See, he'll use the smallest crack to, to, to try and, and uh, cause division or separate us from God. That's what he'll try to do. His hope is to catch us in our time of weakness. And see, his strategy is always to do whatever he can to try and make us go astray. And see, what he wants to do is he wants to sit back and see if the church will put Jesus and Christianity in this box and say, Jesus, you stay in that box. So we don't want you to be a distraction. Holy Spirit, stay in that box because we don't want you to be a distraction. We want to control. And see, what happens is when we do that, the enemy gets a crack in. He gets a foot in the door. See, he wants us to have a form of godliness, but deny the power of the Holy Spirit, Dan. That's what he wants us to do. The enemy wants, to wants us to focus more on looking right and saying the right things and less time on being right. Hmm. See, he wants the church to be organizationally sound, but at the same time stay spiritually anemic. That's what he wants. As long as we don't have any spiritual substance, the devil's fine. See, he's fine with us going to church as long as, don't, as long as we don't become or be the church. I told you a few weeks ago that the devil comes to church. See, he hangs out in places where those that say they believe hang out because he wants to see if your life in here is the same as your life out there. If what you say and profess in here is the same as what you say and profess out there. He wants to show up on your job and find out if they know on your job that you're actually a believer. Or if that's just what you do on Sunday. Hmm. So we must always be alert. Be, be alert and sober of mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He's pretending. He's defeated and he knows it. There's only one lion. That's the lion of the tribe of Judah. Praise the Lord. So he's pretending to be a lion. And the reason he has to look for someone to devour is because he can't pick on everyone. Because if your life in here matches your life out there or your life out there matches your life in here, he can't pick you. If you, if you talk about Jesus in here and then talk about Jesus on your job, he can't pick you. If you live the life that you talk about, if your words and your actions match and they glorify the Father, he can't pick you. He might try you when you're weak, but he won't try you when you're strong. Because his power is limited. How can we be alert? See, we started this journey in Ephesians 6 and 12, and it talked about and addressed our spiritual battle for us. Well, the best way to remain alert in this struggle, in this fight, is what happens in the prior two verses. Yeah. See, verse 10 says this. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the whole armor of God 
so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Now you're going to see this little cool graphic we're going to put up on the screen for a minute. And I'm going to explain what you're looking at. Some of you know, I know there's some serious theologians in the house, Phil, so I don't have to really explain it, explain it to them. But I want to help you understand what we're talking about. The, be the, the belt of truth is, 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 yeah, it's a belt. But the belt of truth just is, emphasizes that we must live in the truth. We must walk in the truth because the truth that we know is what makes us free. Mm-hmm. The breastplate of righteousness, once you've hidden the word in your heart and you've, you've pulled closer to Christ, then you put that breastplate on that helps protect what's near and dear to you. The gospel of peace, yes, our, foot, our feet being shod is the preparation or the readiness that comes from the gospel. We should always be prepared and ready to speak the gospel. The shield of faith, this is putting our trust in everything in every circumstance, our trust is in God. The helmet of salvation brings protection to our mind. It brings hope no matter what we face. And the sword of the spirit, I know you got your Bibles. That's your weapon. The word of God is the sword of the spirit. That's our weapon that helps us understand how to destroy the works of darkness. And that armor is the believer's defense system. It's better than ADT. It's better than ring. That defense system works every time. It'll never fail. It'll never need to be charged. You won't have to put new batteries in it. It's always available and it's always working. Know this. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Well, I absolutely believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Do any of you? I just wanted to check. If you're online, if you believe it, just say, I believe it. Just put it in the chat, right? And for a big idea today, I want you to take this away with you. We do not fight for victory. We fight from victory. As a believer in Christ, this is a fixed fight. The fight is won for us. We just simply have to do our part. So as believers in Christ, we don't fight for victory. Victory is ours. As an old song that says, victory is mine. Victory today is mine. I told Satan to get thee behind because victory today is mine. Because victory is already ours. We know it. We have to stand in it. So we don't fight for victory. We fight from a place of victory. Yes, the devil is at work, but he's defeated. Mm -hmm. Yes, he's an accuser of the believers, but he's defeated. Yeah, there is an enemy, but he is a defeated foe. Anybody believe that today? I believe that today. God is faithful. And we have the victory. Pray with me. Father, we honor you today and we bless you for in spite of all things, this is a day that you have made and we choose to rejoice and be glad in it. Father, we thank you that victory is ours. We thank you that you have helped expose the strategy of the enemy. That when we see him and when we see it at work, we can call it out and we can stand firm on your word and we'll never stop believing, we'll never stop fighting and we'll never stop resisting the enemy. Thank you, Father, for your grace, for your forgiveness. Help us to remember that we may be the only Jesus some people may ever see. So help us to be the best representative of you that we can be. We love you, Father, and we honor you, and we bless you in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.
Thanks for listening. You can stay connected throughout the week by following Montgomery Community Church on Facebook and Instagram. For more information about MCC, visit our website at mcc.church.